What's up guys, Mike Lewis here, and welcome to the Mike Lewis Podcast. If you guys want to keep up with me on social media, you can follow me on Instagram at MikeLewisOfficial, and you can follow me on Twitter at MikeLew52, it's where most of my updates come. If you're enjoying my content, give me a like and a subscribe, and without further ado, let's just dive right into this episode. All right, Rachel, what's going on? Thanks for taking the time out and coming on today. How are we doing? Of course, Mike. You 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 pinned me down, Mike. You got me. I was like, <laughs> I don't even know why, because you know, I, I do get a lot of requests for, you know, challenge and you know, podcasts and this and that. But something about your face, Mike, and something about the way you asked, I said, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna do this interview. So here we are, Mike. Here we are. Well, thank you. I mean, that's uh, very flattering to hear. Coming from a legend like yourself, you know, when I was um, thinking about coming on here, I was like, you know what? I really thought, because it's hot out where I'm at, I was like, I really want to wear a cutoff, but I know that you're a fitness instructor. So I was like, I'm really going to make myself look stupid here. But uh, against, you're, against, a, you're such a cute guy. Like, I mean, I, I, I really, I, I think, uh, I think a cutoff looks great, Mike. Yeah, I went against my better judgment. <laughs> no, but um, it's obviously been a crazy last year, and um, I know you've got your whole fitness thing going on. I want to ask, like, how much maybe was it impacted from this whole pandemic that went on? I mean, I'm fortunately one of the businesses that I somehow managed to pivot pretty quickly. Um, you know, I got the call, like most people did, from one day to the next, that our jobs were basically obsolete. Um, I work. You know, I, I, I teach in person. Um, I'm one of the founding instructors in Miami with Barry's Bootcamp, or Barry's, however you want to reference it now. And um, and I think it was probably maybe a Friday they called us and told us. So I knew, you know, classes had cut off. They said, listen, we'll be in touch. We don't, we don't even know what's going on, but every business is shut down. So I basically went online and I said, okay, guys, Monday morning I'm going live at I, at that time, it was 9.30, but I'm going live at this time. And it, and it was mainly for the clients who saw me pretty much almost every day in person. What ended up happening was I ended up starting to train people in like a hundred, like so many different countries. New Jersey, actually, where you are or where you're from, or it's got one of my biggest followings. I love, like the women in New Jersey are so cool. Um, Chicago, California. New York. I mean, now I'm training people from all over the country, all over the world. And so I was fortunate to where COVID actually grew my business. You know, I think there's a few businesses where we were fortunate enough to where, you know, like if you were in the plastic business, putting up panels in stores or a cleaning business, like there were certain businesses that took off because of this weird pandemic. And then there were certain businesses that obviously took huge hits yeah. uh, because of how I pivoted during it. And because I was there so consistently for so many people going through so much, I was really able to um, start a new career for myself. So now I go live every day or every weekday at 8.30 a.m. now, because now I'm back to teaching in person mm-hmm. as well. So I go live at 8.30. I never gave it up. Even after we opened back up, I basically had a talk with my company. And I said, listen, this is something I'm not going to stop doing. So, you know, we adjusted my schedule a bit. And I've been able to go back to pretty much both and keep them up. And I'm really, 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 really feel blessed, you know. Yeah, fitness industry is like probably the one that really got hit the hardest in the beginning of this, I feel like. And um, there's actually a lot of challengers that like make that jump and dip their toes into the uh, fitness world after. And I know that you do do lives is kind of like a big thing, your IG live um, workouts. So you weren't doing that before the pandemic? It just started? No. No. I've only been doing that since literally the Monday after. I'll never forget it. It was like March 15th where we shut down here. And it was that immediate Monday after I decided to go live. I was one of the first fitness people to do it. For, and, and I'm talking companies, big companies. Nobody, nobody had 
had been able to pivot so quickly because I think bigger companies obviously had more to work out. Whereas with me, I could just kind of jump online and do it. And yeah, I did it. And I mean, here I am almost, well, we're in what we're in, we're in August now. So almost, you know, over a year and a half later, Yeah, I'm still doing it. So I, and I love it. It became my workout too. So I now work out with my clients for 30 minutes. I go hard five days a week and I love it. Now, were you really big into this fitness um, role while you were still doing the shows at all? Any of them? Or did you get into it when you were stopped? I got into it it really, really, really after I finished probably some of my last seasons because right after the Duel 2 is when I really decided I wanted to start doing something in fitness. I also wanted to just create a home life for myself. There was, you know, up until the Duel 2 and, you know, I always knew every year I was leaving on a challenge and there was going to be, and you know, challenges really, they really do take you out of your normal life, regardless of, you know, how invested you are in them or not. They, they really do consume you. Um, so I couldn't really build a life outside of the challenge until I was ready. And I decided of course that fitness would be the direction I wanted to go in. I remember I had a personal trainer, that I was working with uh, maybe four days a week. And I really watched the way he trained me and the way he took me around the gym. And then I started personal training and then that became group training. And then here I am. We won't even say how many years later, but here I am, you know, doing, uh, doing my whole own Rachel fitness platform, which I really do have my own, you know, concepts and days of the week and, how I position the workouts from week to week. And there, there really is a method to the madness. There really is a science behind what I'm doing with people. And people are, are having results. I mean, people are working out from their living room, getting more results than they did when they were going into a gym for an hour, you know? Yeah. And I feel like with what you're doing as a personal trainer slash like fitness coach, it's almost like not only are you a personal trainer and a coach, but you're almost in a way sort of like a guardian and a therapist at the same time with like how much that, you know, reliance they have on you ties into it. You know what I mean? Do you feel like I think the fact that I show up live every day really gives people a consistent person in their life, whether whatever they're doing, it's like they know that at 830 I'm coming on live. I'm going to give this workout 100% for 30 minutes. You join me. We meet up. It's like a session, you know, it's like a private session that we have. And though, you know, the people who are really invested into the workout, I know all their names. I know a lot of them personally. Now I know their stories. I know how many kids they have. I know, you know, Mm -hmm. it's really a community. So it's been amazing. I've been so blessed and I'm so happy, you know? Mm -hmm. Well, let's uh, jump back down this rabbit hole. I guess we can call it with, um, you know, this, whole crazy world that you were in <laughs> what was um maybe how long did your process trying out for road rules go like how long of a process would you say that that went on before getting the uh okay that you're getting well, on the show i tried out the first semester of my co- uh, first semester i was in college so mm. i went to the usf which is in tampa florida and they were having auditions in orlando and i talked to a few people in my dorm and i said you know what like does anybody want to go and this other girl was like yeah i want to go and i had a friend that was going to school in orlando so i said let's go it was a massive audition i did the audition and i remember i had barely gotten to my car and they had already called me they were like can you come back in tomorrow for a longer interview cuz the way it worked back then was they would sit you in a group of like 10 or 15 people and they would just throw out a topic I don't remember what my topic was anymore, but, oh, I think it was like, should you make uh, marijuana legal? I think that was like our topic or something. What was was your answer? My answer was absolutely, because then you can tax it. You can make it a business. It's why, why wouldn't we, you know? And anyway, I walk out and they're like, okay, we want you back the next day. So I remember I stayed overnight. I went back the next day. And then it just becomes a, you know, a process where they call you, they do phone interviews, they do, you know, back then they did in, you know, online interviews kind of like this, had you send in tapes of you kind of interviewing yourself 
right? Um, at that time, they had me show my girlfriend because I was obviously going through kind of the beginnings of coming out, really. Like, yeah. I was, you know, I had a best friend who had become a girlfriend, and I still was kind of wrapping my head around, am I, am I, am I just gay for her, or am I, is this really my lifestyle, you know? Or if I'm not with her, maybe I'll be with a guy. You know, I was kind of in that phase, and of course, they love that phase. So... We and then eventually they invited. So I didn't know at the time though that I was actually only trying out for Road Rules because that was the real world Vegas and Road Rules Campus Crawl was si simultaneously trying out, but you had to be 21 to be on Vegas, obviously. So I was really only auditioning for three. I had one of three chances because mm -hmm. it was only I was 18 when I auditioned. They ended up flying me out to LA for the final final interview. I met a lot of people, Julie Peasy, Jeff Jenkins, um, you know, just like such powerhouses now in really reality TV that are still, I just love these people so much. And they basically called me about maybe a week later. They're like, we want to invite you. We want to officially invite you to, you know, I think that was, I think that was season 11. It was yeah. season 11 of, you know, Campus Crawl. You're going to leave on February 19th. This was probably like two months before. And I literally remember going online, literally clicking drop, 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 like all my classes because I had already registered for the next semester yeah. of college. And I was like, okay, I'm just going to drop them. Packed up my car. I drove home. Maybe it was not even two months. It must have been maybe like a month or two weeks that I was leaving. And I signed the contracts and left. And that was it. I was on my first season. And then I remember getting back from my first season and the producer saying to me, don't get too comfortable. You're going to be leaving for Battle of the Sexes. Or not, Battle, yeah, Battle of the Sexes. Battle of the Sexes, yeah. Which, to be honest, when I look back at all of the seasons I've done, that was the most iconic. If you want to show a show that's the, the epitome of the, the absolute iconic, iconic time in the show, that season with Puck, Eric Neese, Veronica, me, Lori, Anissa. Um, CT wasn't around yet or he wasn't on that one. But, you know, just like the whole show, every single person cast on that show, Ruthie, every single person was their, the Shane was the standout of their own season. And they brought us all together. And that was the first really big challenge they did. I think before that, it was just like in an RV you know, real world versus road rules. This was the first real outside of the box, you know, concept they did. And it was just, you know, I, I feel so beyond blessed when I look back and I'm like, I was a part of that season. That season is the OG of the OG, you know, like you can't get any more OG than that. You know, well, that's, that, that's interesting. <laughs> yeah, that, that's interesting to hear you say that because that, all the seasons that you did following that, I'll use your second one as an example. You know, we had Theo Vaughn, Coral, The Miz was there. Miz might have, was Miz on the first sexes or was he on the, the, the gauntlet was the first one you did with him, I think. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, that one was special for me for many reasons. I mean, one that I won. Um, yeah. So that one was really special. I also got really close with a lot of people there. So, I mean, that was really the birth of some of the most special, you know, really special relationships I had from the show. And, you know, and I had Darrell there with me. I, yeah. you know, who I still, I still talk to, I was just texting with yesterday. Um, you know, it's just like an Abe. I mean, that was like the infamous, that was the infamous, you know, shower scene, which pack <laughs> in the challenge though. Like those were the challenge days. And when I think back to that, I'm like, I cannot believe that we were allowed. We were allowed then to take yeah. a gondola into town, have dinner on our own. Like we could on the weekends, on your day off, you could go into town with your friends, go out to dinner, walk around, do whatever you want to do, go to the spa and then come back to the house. Like I think about I that. Think about I cannot believe that we were allowed to do that thankfully you know well which challenge season that you did do that it really set in for you that like times have really just changed as far as the vibe and atmosphere went well i think 
you know, I don't know what was after the the gauntlet. Then I did the inferno. The inferno we ran. The inferno too. Like we had, that house, we had that house on lockdown. Like I don't even think production could get ahead of us. We were like, we know what's happening. We know who's going in. Like we really, you know, you know, to some to, to some credit myself, you know, I and and those along the way with me, we were really the birth of the real feminism, and maybe some of the last part of it. I mean, there has been some more, but in terms of women sticking together and making sure they made it to the end together and taking care of each other, there has been some of that along the way, but we really stood alone, you know? Yeah. Uh, and we really made that happen on that season. That was special. I love that. Probably the island is when I could tell things had really shifted and more so I could tell they would shifted because there was this enormous masculinity. Like, yeah really toxic max masculinity that had come into the show because they kept casting the Kenny, the Johnny, the whatever together. And it was just not, you know, I openly talk about this. It wasn't fair. It wasn't fair to the rest of the cast because we come in having not really any strong, strong ties. And then you put these three people, I'll put Evan in, even in it, even though Evan, is to me, he's not as, he's not, you know, toxic in that sense to me. I actually have a nice relationship with Evan, mm -hmm. but it just felt like, and, and there was me, it was mean. Like you guys don't even see half of the stuff that was said about, you know, cast members to get under their skin or, you know, just like things that were said, especially on something like the Island where we were stuck on an Island together. And, there was like no food, no this, no that. And they would just get away with everything. Like they would jump the fence and go eat production's food and come back. And it's like, there was just so much that was not necessarily all fair. And, you know, production tried to, to their, to their defense, you know, there wasn't much they could do, but I'm not quite sure why they kept casting the same people together that they knew were kind of toxic together for the rest of the the cast until it came to a head and it came to a head on the ruins, which was when Tanya basically was really, you know, listen, a lot came out and I'm going to openly talk about this. You know, when they, when they relaunched the Inferno two on Netflix, a lot of people were like, Oh my God, you guys were bullying. Tanya at that point loved the attention. She loved it. If you see the, the end footage, like she would say outlandish stuff and she loved like when everyone laughed and she loved being the center of attention. And I actually have a really nice relationship with Tanya. I was never, we were friends, you know? Mm -hmm. Uh, and I would have her back if it came to someone being extremely disrespectful, you know, but there was a lot of like chatter here, chatter there. And then at some point, you know, people, because it might further them in the game, want to take the victim route, right? They, they want to say, oh my gosh, like I'm such a victim or this is happening to me. And it's kind of like all the attention then gets shifted back, right? She just, I mean, really, really did love a lot of the attention. But looking back, would I have given it to her? Probably not at this, definitely not at this stage in my life. Mm. You know, at that stage, it was like, we were all really in the game. I, that was probably what my fourth show with Tanya, you know, like my third or fourth show. Yeah. So, so we had such a history together, but that's a side note. My, what I'm trying to say is that on the Island was when I probably recognized that there was an extreme shift in the role in which women were valued. There would, didn't seem like there was a lot of, you know, I fortunately am one of the women that are always respected. And I'm going to, Mike, you froze. Are you there? Is it mine or yours? Are you back? I can hear you, but I don't see you moving. Oh, oh there you are. I think we're back now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, and I, I, I'm just speaking at this, and I'm really speaking freely with you, Mike, because I just feel like, I don't, I just feel like I can, um, you know, I'm one of the women that are usually given a lot of respect because I can mm -hmm. compete. I, 
I don't put myself out there in a very, you know, sexually explicit way. Like I'm not trying to get attention in any other which way than showing up and competing and winning. So right. I automatically am afforded a lot of respect that a lot of people sometimes have to really fight for that are equally as good in the show, you know, and I've seen it happen. But what happened at that point was there was very much in that air in that arena in this specific time it was very much like the women were disposable they were either going to be there in the end or they were not going to be there in the end if we could get rid of them now okay fine you know it was kind of like whatever and that was never the case like if you look at battle of the sexes or you look at even the inferno 2 or you look at so many of the shows it was like the men were there with us they were rooting for us. I mean, the men were so upset on Battle of the Sexes when I got sent home. And you would think they'd be happy, right? Because I'm definitely one of the better competitors. But they were so upset because they were in our corners, you know? I just feel like there was a big shift. And um, when I came back for the duel two, I just said to myself, I'm not taking any shit. And I'm there to win. And I don't care what happens. I'm not falling in love. I'm not, because that was really my Achilles, Achilles heel on these shows. I would just, like, fall in love and then not play the game the way yeah. I probably should, you know? Mm -hmm. I mean, that's kind of... And, you know, I think that uh, the Duel 2 was really... It was really my crowning season, where I just said, you know what? I'm, I'm here to win, and I'm... Um, not going to leave here unless I, I do. And, you know, that was it. So did, did you feel like the uh, island into the duel, too, was almost, like, set up for you to have, like, sort of, like, this comeback type of win? Yeah, I do. I mean, I think that I think that the duel, too, gave me every opportunity I needed, you know, to m make it mine. Yeah. Then I also think I was kind of set up from the duel to battle of the exes. Do you know what I mean? So that's why I always say... There's kind of this, you know, when I was talking to production, because they're obviously trying to get me back. And I said, listen, I agree that I have unfinished business with the show in some regard. Yeah. You know, my last season is not, was not the way I'd want to finish, you know. Did they set me up in the sense that they made us the only female partnership in a completely male and female divided, like, partnership house plus... You put, like, my arch nemesis with a very strong partner. You know, like, it wasn't like I had, you know, I didn't. And, and Anissa, I love her. And she's proven to be one of the most longstanding and amazing competitors. But us as a partnership, us as a team, I, I didn't work as well as I wanted to work with her. You know, I wish I would have been a better partner, but I wasn't, I wasn't capable of being the partner she needed at the time, I think, because I was so, I was so focused on, you know, with Mark coming off of the duel, I never had to worry about Mark. And then to worry about what he was doing or if he was going to do it or if I had to take the initiative or if I didn't, it was like, we just met up, we competed, we both knew what we had to do and that was it, you know? Yeah. And then I went into a partnership where I want, you know, it was... Like, I just remember, you know, the one opportunity we really had to maybe take it on was a, a trivia thing where we had to, like, catapult into the water. Unfortunately, Anissa splits her mouth open. Then we go into the, you know, uh, elimination, and she con she gets out, like, pretty early on. Like, I had to carry us through into the next, you know? Then it went into the ball challenge, which I forever will be upset that we didn't have a better strategy. But I just thought Anissa could get a ball and get up. You know, I'm like, you are one of the more sh most strong women here. Right. Like, you're going to get a ball. You're going to get up. We're going to do this together. You mm -hmm. know, I thought the first two rounds, at least, we'd be able to do that. Right. But it taught me a lot. And I always say this to people, like the thing about the challenge that is really special is that the people who have never done the challenge don't get these kind of life lessons that we get at such early ages. And one of the things I really learned after Battle of the Exes and, and some of my other losses, even Battle of the Sexes 2, where I lost, is that 
you know, one, I was needed to be a better partner, which is a good lesson to learn, right? Maybe a little less, a little more selfless, you know? And two, like on Battle of the Sexes too, I learned like sometimes you have to keep your mouth shut. I was just so, I thought my position there was so strong that I could call out the women who I thought absolutely need to go into the elimination or go home. At that point, there wasn't even eliminations. It was just voting and you're gone. And guess what? I called out, I will never forget it. Like one of our, like one of the people who were performing the worst, right? I called her out thinking, of course it's going to be you, you know? And then what did that happen? That turned everyone to me. Because <laughs> that person then said, no, it's not going to be me, Rachel. It's going to be you now, you know? So because I opened my mouth and called out someone else that I thought was the one who should go in, I ended up calling myself in. So there's things you learn in these challenges that really do teach you life lessons. And, you know, I, I'm so thankful that I had so many of them at such, such young age, at such a young age that I feel like now I'm really able to be the kind of partner I want to be to my wife, the kind of mother I want to be to my kids. You know, there's so many things I learned that are also important in life, things that are important, you know? So, yeah. yeah. I, I want to I stay on X's a little bit, though. I'm curious, in that elimination that you guys lost, w- was there any type of equalizer there with the oh, bands oh, at oh. all? Or? They could've, they could've, it's like, listen, you could have made our band. I mean, granted, I don't really want freebies when it comes to, we could have made it to the end of that challenge to be honest we really could have had we won that ball chip had we won that ball challenge which we should have because we were the only team that could work together right had we won that challenge they would have been johnny going in because of course i would have picked him and they would have lost to paula and dunbar they, i don't johnny and camilla would not have won that because it was really hard and i think i know for a fact that that he that would have went right mm. now then the game would have opened up right? Because then the whole shift of power would have shifted in the house. The problem I had was I was extremely, if you want me to be honest, I was very down during that show. It was like putting me in a situation. Yeah, it was like putting me in a situation that was like my worst nightmare. It was like, I have no power in this game. The women who, and to be honest, so the Sarah's and the Emily's, the stronger women, all they wanted to do was be, you know, in Johnny's corner. Like, it wasn't like the women were like, all right, like, let's all team up. Let's, you know, it almost, it takes people coming together in these challenges to get rid of the people who you know in the end, if they make it there, are going to probably take it, right? Because they have a strong team or they've been there seven times, you know, whatever it is, right? And that wasn't the case. In fact, what had what ended up happening was there was some bogus rumor started that had nothing to do with anything, right? Ended up turning the whole house against me to the point where nobody would talk to me. Like it was one of those things where like, you know, like you go over and you're like, you want to like hang out or you want to yeah, yeah. have fun or you want to talk to people. And it's like all of a sudden you get there, but then everyone else kind of leaves. That's what happened. And what was the rumor? The rumor was that I had said Robin was like, you know, mentally like not there or Mm. something, which everyone, it was not something that I said. It was something that all the cast members were talking about at the time. Robin was going through something. There was no doubt. Okay. Yeah. Um, and that was, and, and anyway, it ended up being, of course, the way the game plays, right. Is that when someone wants to ostracize you, if they have power, I never played the game like this, which is why for me, it was very, um, hurtful when I had power in the duel, I would never, ever, ever start a rumor about somebody that I wanted to get rid of just to get rid of them. I'd let, I'd, I'd instead say to people, let's get rid of this person because I want to get rid of this person. You know, like it wouldn't be like, Hey, did you hear what, you know, so-and-so said? And, and it would be like completely like a lie. I just, I don't operate like that. And I actually think one of the reasons the duel was one of probably the most fun shows. If you watch that show is because the people in power were fun. Mm, (laughs) You didn't want to make it like 
crappy. We had a great time. We'd go out. Everyone was happy. You know, we were in New Zealand. We were in Queenstown. It was amazing. Life was beautiful. You know, everyone had a good time. Didn't matter if you were losing or winning. And anyway, the exes show was just, um, you know, it was really not. I, I would have been fine, to be honest, had they put a gay guy team with me. You know, I we had to do that, but I don't think they could have. Why not? It's like you have two women. That's like that's like that's like socially that's socially not PC anymore. Slash 2021. You know what I mean? Like if you're going to say it's OK to be lesbians, you have to say it's OK to be a gay man. Like it's mm -hmm. no more like and that that's something I hear a lot. It's like, oh, I, I'm OK with girls. Yeah. And it's such an old statement. Who gives anymore? Who cares? And they could have had Shane and Ryan as a, as a team. They could have had Tyler and somebody as a team. And I mean, massive. You want to talk about shifting the game. Yeah. That would have been kind of cool. And I would have had an ally to some degree mm -hmm. because we would have been at least more than one same-sex team. But it was just, I mean, I don't think they put a same-sex team on Battle of the Exes too, right? No. They didn't put it. Yeah. No. They didn't revisit that one. Because it was not, it was not socially, it was a social experiment gone. It could have gone right, but with the kind of people that they had running the shows and they continue to ask back and back and back, it's like, it's not going to be a good environment unless you have multiple, unless you have, you know, let's say you have 10 teams and four of them are mixed in, right? Same sex, yeah. heterosexual, whatever. But it was just, it was a weird, it was honestly a really weird experience and one that taught me so much. But also, I didn't realize it would be my last season. I also, you know, I say to people, I said to a bunch of the production people that called me for future shows, I said, you know, I didn't really think that X's would have been my last season. I didn't, that didn't really correlate at the time, but it's all good. You know, listen, I got what I wanted. The thing I don't is, know. It, seemed, it seems like that uh, fire is still there a little bit though. I mean, listen, the fire is always in me. I'm, I'm a competitor. I also love TV. I also love, you know, I, I love, I used to love a challenge, mm. you know, challenges were like, they are so much fun, but but I also love my life. I love my wife. I love my three kids more than anything. I love my family more than anything in the world. I cannot, I cannot physically leave my life for five weeks. And that's what it takes to go on a show, even All Stars, which is you know, much shorter than a real challenge. But that's what it takes. And I'm happy that I got to the place where I don't want to leave my life. You know, I think I would be, there would be something kind of, not sad, but maybe there'd be something a little bit, if I wanted to leave my life, then I would think there was something wrong. But the fact is that I don't want to leave my life, not even for three days, if you mm -hmm. want me to be honest. Like, you know, I leave, I leave to go do something for two or three days, and then I can't wait to get home. So it would be very difficult for me to leave for five weeks you know so so is that pretty much what you've uh, told them for the all-star calls i mean i always tell them i'm open listen as my children get older as they get a bit older i mean they started calling me when you know the boys were two and my daughter was one and i was like guys i can't leave like my two-year-olds and my one-year-old you know not not for five weeks and i get it if you can like i i i totally support the moms and the dads that are still going but for me, my lifestyle is not, is not, you know, I'm very hands-on with my kids. And I just didn't think that, I think I, I truly know that it would be too much of a shock for me to just leave my kids from one day to the next. They don't know what's going on and just be gone for five weeks, you know? So, uh, but I tell them, call me, you know, call me. I never say never. Listen, I, I feel like one day I did do a special that was supposed yeah, to be the, uh, the universal special. Yeah. And I was so excited. I ended up winning. I was happy. It was great. 
I was, you know, there, Mark Long, Devin, me, um, you know, yeah. And then COVID happened and Universal couldn't air it because obviously the world had changed and masks were now enforced and no one could show us running around Universal without masks on. So that never aired. So unfortunately, my one time back, which I said to myself and my wife even said to me, she's like, you see, it's not meant to be. I'm like, I don't know. Like I went back and then it just didn't air. So, uh, so that happened, but, but, you know, I've tried to go, I, and that was, that was my attempt to kind of dip my toes back in to some degree. And, you know, maybe one day they'll, they'll release it as like a, Hey, check it out. I like to get my hands on the footage. They can give it to me. I'll put it up. Who were you, uh, parted up with? Like what kind of actually ended up happening that, um, we switched partners. Oh, no. The first thing we did two two competitions. The first two were just like female versus female, so girl, you know, and then guy versus guy. And then we partnered up for the final challenge. And then whatever team won was the team that won. Yeah. So I mean, I ended up winning the female and winning the partnership, which so I was you know kind of pumped about that, but. You know, it didn't air, so it'll just live in, live in my memory. And I have a I have a challenge shirt that's up to date with the new logos and all that stuff. I don't know who won between Devin and Mark. Some kind of stumped on it. <laughs> well, I know who won. I could tell you. Mark. Yeah. Okay. No, I was being sarcastic, but it was silly though. I mean, listen, these these universal things are it's a far far stretch to call them like kind of real challenges, but. To some degree, we we all you know we all gave, went in there. I mean, ours was pretty tough actually. The girls' thing, what we had to do, we did like run over, like moving water, and it's harder than you think. Like moving things, and and then you had to go grab weights, and then you had to take them back to the other side, and you had to like put the weights on a scale that would like even itself out. So you had to distribute the weight accordingly. It was actually, I mean, I was done with that. I was like, <laughs> I'm good, you know. <laughs> But, um, but yeah, I, I did that, you know, and, and that was like my last thing. Anyway, I never say never, I never say never to a challenge, but it's kind of tough, you know? What, when was the last time you were called for a main season of the show? Uh, they were calling me a lot during like the dirty 30 time. Ah, uh, so like the trilogy? Yeah. That whole trilogy time they were calling me for pretty much every, every single one of those. So I'm curious because you had to have seen some of the Dirty 30, right? What was maybe your thoughts on um, Anissa kind of outing your and Veronica's relationship? I didn't mind. I mean, to me, I've never, I've never had any of my life in the closet really, except for that time. And, um, you know, listen, if, if those, if they wanted to talk about it, it was never something that was going to bother me. My life had already, you know, obviously went in its own direction and, you know, to some degree, it was like kind of it was kind of funny to see it get brought up so many years later. Um, so I didn't mind. I didn't care. Well, Veronica seemed to take offense to it. Well, I think she did because it was obviously not choice, right? And if it was, she was more on that season. Yeah. So it was. I, I think she had probably a lot that she was upset about because, you know. Maybe they said they, they, they did something they didn't. You know, she said they didn't. It's like, it was like a bunch of stuff that was not something I think she wanted storyline to go. I don't think she wanted the storyline to go in the direction it went in. And obviously that's upsetting, you know, if, if your truth is not the truth on TV. But, you know, I mean, listen, we're, we're still friends too and... I, I'm always, like, I always say to her and, you know, a lot of the people like Anissa and uh, I always say I, any show you're on, I'm rooting for you. You know, it's like, I'm in, I, if I went back, which I said to them actually, when they called me for the last all stars, I'm like, why don't you guys just put me on the real season? I'm like, I'm in better shape than I was when I did the last season for sure. I'm in better yeah. shape. I feel like younger than ever, if I'm going to go back, why don't I go back for a real challenge? Especially now with this spies, lies and allies, this has got to be the easiest season to make it to the end. When half of these people have absolutely no idea what's going on around them. Like 
half of these people are like, they have no idea what they signed up for. They've given all the power to the vets, obviously, that are going to run the show. And that's simple. I mean, yeah. yeah. It, it almost seems like, because um, you could fall under either category, let's be honest. You know, you're obviously an all-star or an OG, per se. But you're also falling under that category of what they kind of look for with the current demographic, let's be honest. They're gearing towards casting people with uh, Instagram followings or more athletic beings, you know. I've been speaking about this with a few of my last guests. They were pretty vocal about their thoughts on it. You know, Trishelle and uh, Sarah both voiced... Um, Maybe their opinions with how the show's taking that kind of uh, direction with casting. What is maybe your thoughts on that? Listen, I mean, I think now we have two different genres, right? So we have the all-stars, which is really a, a, a tribute to the way the challenge was, which is great. So now we have that where we can kind of, anyone who was upset about the direction that the show went in, they now have all-stars, which is great. And then you have the newer seasons, which I personally think is I personally think is easier to. I get that the challenges are crazier and bombs go off and there's lots of puzzles, but the caliber of people in terms of brains and 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 bronze in my day, I actually find head to head there were more people that were extremely smart. You know, like yeah, without yeah, doubt. Yes, who proves, I mean, I, I would put my money on yes, even in a real challenge. Like, he's an architect. He's strong. He's an endurance runner. He could go into a real challenge, and, it, and he's nice. Everyone loves him. He could go into a real challenge, and he could make it to a final, and he could win. Yeah. You know? So there are people who I think could easily go into the newer seasons from the past seasons, and absolutely still, you know, make it to the end and win. And I think CT is a prime example of how, you know, it has absolutely nothing to do with how old you are, how long you've done this. I mean, he's a force. To, he's a force. And not because, I mean, he happens to be one of the biggest, scariest, you know, pound for pound guys. Mm. But he, I am just blown away by how smart he is when you watch these shows, you know? And, that, and that's what I've been saying. It's like the old school people, are they're just cut a certain way, you know? Like, you could bring in, like, the most chiseled, you know, aesthetic person that you could possibly find. 6'6", athlete, allegedly. Throw them on this show. And I seriously believe that there's not a single person on that show on the male side right now that's going to prevent CT from winning assuming that he continues to keep doing these shows honestly I, I absolutely I absolutely agree with you and I also I also agree with you because he's so you know he's been doing this for so long and you know what you guys don't see is like CT behind the scenes CT is whispering in everyone's ears you know oh you're gonna let her take it oh you can I, I remember on the duel too before he got into the huge fight he was going around the house telling everyone you're gonna let Rachel just win this one you're gonna like to the girls you know to yeah. the girls you gonna let Rachel just take this one? What you gonna let? And I'm like, CT, shut up! Like, do your own game, you know? But like, CT is 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 in everyone's ear. He's he's you know plotting things, but he also can brush things off his shoulder. He doesn't care if like the house doesn't like a decision he makes, or you know, he'll he'll say sorry to Big T or whatever, go on with his life. But he's still gonna make it to the end, and he's still gonna win. Mm. So, you know, he's definitely, it's, it's quite, it, it, I have to say, it's been quite, quite impressive to watch the trajectory of, like, his challenge life. I actually think CT will now, and in my opinion, which, of course, I love to say this, I think CT's hands down a hundred times better than Johnny Bananas, you know? I mean, I would agree with you. If you I really think, look I think the Yeah, I think he will go down in history of this show as being by far way better and you know if you really look and I, and I don't take anything away from from Johnny because he also is somebody who can walk into a house and you know get hit on the chin over and over again and come back for more and more like he's obviously doesn't care how many times yeah don't like him or you know 
have bad things. He, he just doesn't care. But most of his wins were in that Johnny Evan error, like maybe three of them or something, which that was so easy. That was too easy to win back then. I'm oh, sorry. Yeah. Like you look at those shows and you're like, how is this even? And that's, a, those are most of, of his wins. And, you know, he can really thank Wes for his last win because Wes basically went like this, like here, like, let me, let me give you my vote. Let me then let you take me out. Let me give you a soul. <laughs> uh, and then, you know, let me now, and then, you know, everybody, I think, you, you know, just kind of thought, I don't know what they, they thought that he like would not be as strong as he is in a final. But my point is, is that in order for him to win, he needs a lot of support. CT, on the other hand, can walk into a challenge with very little support, you know what I mean? And he can still take out the challenge over and over and over again, you know? Yeah, when you take into account the volume of CT's, you know, wins and, like, how he won as opposed to Johnny's wins and maybe how he won, there's, like, you know, the scales are really tipping towards CT's uh, favor, I believe. Absolutely, um, absolutely. I mean, he's, 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 he'll have a longer, and he's going to have a longer career. He's not going to walk away after a win, which really does say a lot. I mean, look, look at who he's competing against. I mean, why would he walk away? But it says a lot. He's not trying to just get that one win and then leave. You know what I mean? Like, that was all, obviously, the other person wanted, right? He wanted that one win, and then he wanted to leave because God knows when he would get it again, right? CT has so much confidence and so much, like, whatever, chutzpah. He'll just keep coming back over and over, and he absolutely knows that he's he's gonna be there yeah so we'll see what happens on this season but you know listen i think all of us have our own stories and our own you know our own reasons as to why we have all taken away so much that we have from the show you know i think the one thing that everyone can say is that anyone who has won single-handedly like myself like evan like when you are that one winner that one winner, there's no better feeling. Mm. There's no better, like winning the duel for me, like I, 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 I literally said to myself, this was why I went through all I went through on past seasons to have this moment right yeah. here, you know? Yeah. So that's, that's, that's what it is, Mike. I don't know. Landon seemed to uh, think that you could take CT when I had him on. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, I, I can go head to head in terms of if it's a timed event, if it's you know something that's like grab things off of something and then you know go. If it's something that's body coordination or athleticism or whatever, am I going to take CT out in a wrestling match? Absolutely not. You know, like it's like there are things that favor people in certain areas. I happen to be. You know, I happen to know how to maneuver my body to be athletic. Uh, I'll also never give up. So any last man standings, I'm always going to be, you know, top three because I won't, I'll let my arms fall off before I give up, which is almost what happened when I went against Kellyanne. So it's like, you know, there are things that, you know, if you have heart in this game, it'll take you a long way, you know? So I do want to ask, though, was there a particular event with Johnny that led you guys to or you to kind of clash with him or you just didn't really like about how he navigated the game and maybe his treatment of uh, some of the women? Or You guys don't see the jokes and the bus rides and the constant like I, I honestly had never seen I had never been around something quite that insulting as mm. you know, and I I'm I'm. I pride myself on obviously being, you know, a feminist and and totally believing that women are equal to men and, you know, we have our place and we are, you know, we are to be just as respected. And even if you look at the things he says, like if he talks about, you know, legends from the show, he'll never mention a woman's name. He'll only mention men. You know what I mean? Like his mind is just so geared in... And I, you know, I watch, I kind of quote, like loosely pay attention to him through social media sometimes. And I just find him mocking the taking Sarah's money five years later. Like, I find that to be so 
so disgusting. Like the fact that he thinks it's, it's just a funny joke. And I can tell you right now, having competed with Sarah on Battle of the Exes, she's extremely strong. And the only reason that that person has another win, another notch on his belt, is because he had her as a partner. So, and, I, and I do believe that had the tables been reversed, I do think she would have shared the money. I think that, but it, either way, it doesn't matter. It's like to just make it such a like, you know, a sign, I don't know, put up like a sign autograph of like him, the moment that he took yeah. the money. I'm like, who does that? Like, how old are you? You know, like, is it all, you know, is it all for shock value? And then it's like, I don't know. I mean, just, it was just the jokes and the, and the this, but you know, listen, if I did another show, I'm not saying I'd walk into it thinking that we all haven't grown and we all haven't, you know, yeah, yeah. gotten a lot more aware to say that, you know, we're not as woke in 2021 as we were in 2009. You know, 2009, the world was totally different. There was no Me Too movement. There was no, you know, there was so much that has now happened that I would hope that people would watch what they say before they say it, just in the simple fact that it could really hurt somebody, mm. you know? Um, but, and, and that's where I stand. But, like, when we see each other, I mean, there's been, there's been moments, we have a lot of mutual friends and We've seen each other at like weddings through the yeah. years, whatever. We're actually very friendly with each other, but um, you know, it's just uh, in a game perspective, um, we've always ended up on opposite sides. Mm. You know. Yeah. Well, I want to know what about maybe what is your dynamic with Coral? Because you two both have kind of like similar uh, auras to you of like intimidating and stuff like that. I mean, listen, I'm a fan of Coral. Like I, I, I'll be a fan of Coral. Like if she, you know, if I was on a show with Coral, I, you know, I would, I would back her up as long as if she's entitled to back up. You know, it's whatever it is. I mean, I, I like Coral. I'm always there's there certain women on this show that I feel were just so instrumental in making it what it is, and Coral absolutely is one of the top, you know, probably top five of you know past women that have been on this show and it doesn't matter how long she's gone for you know she will always be somebody that was extremely instrumental and she's also extremely instrumental in my first win from getting bitten by a spider so <laughs> I always thank her for that um but yeah I mean Coral's great I I I, I think Coral's you know just a great a great uh addition to the series to the whole well you seem to uh still kind of have that fire there we won't say never we'll say never say never and maybe you know if you get on one of these ones you could go and uh, help kendall out because the, the band seemed to be after her on the last one so i know but i think she'll listen kendall's gonna keep doing it and kendall's also somebody who's extremely smart and very competitive i'm sure if she does enough of them you know one will definitely go her way yeah sure yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah, I had a fun time chatting with you. Um, I thank you again for hopping on here, and um, I hope you maybe had some fun going down uh, memory lane for an hour or so. Absolutely, Mike. Thank you so much for having me. I hope I like addressed everything you wanted to address. Um, if anybody that watches this has any questions or anything they want to say, uh, feel free to reach out to me on Instagram. And yeah, it was great to talk to you, Mike. For sure. I'll let you know uh, when this is out. Great. Can't wait. <laughs> All right. Take care. Bye, Mike. Bye-bye.